Welcome everyone to season two of The Deep Deep. I'm Estrella Taylor, your host. And this season, we're talking to some of my closest friends about the realizations that they experience. And, you know, because I think that we all have these realizations at the same time, or there's just this energy of the time a lot of times. And so, you know, I can talk about mine, but I think another person's insight is so valuable as well. And so for my first guest, I wanted to bring on one of my oldest and dearest friends, Nikki Ojeda. Nikki, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for being the first guest. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor. <laughs> so we've known each other. I think I was 18 when I met you and you're just a little bit older than I am. <laughs> and um, it, ever since we met, it's just been like crazy, fantastic, wonderful friendship. Uh, you know, some ups and downs, what friendship doesn't have those. But right. like, it's just been, you've been such an inspiration because you've always been such a spiritual person to me. And I think that shines through, like, I think I've thanked you in every single one of my books. <laughs> and there's a good reason for that. So um, could you introduce yourself to everybody on the podcast? Sure. Well, um, so I'm Nikki Ojeda. I also go by Tatiara in mystical circles. Um, I'm a tarot and past life reader, etc. I've been doing that for 35 years. <laughs> and um, I'm just really at the point where I'm letting it shine forth and there seems to be a door opening for, you know, people ready to look inward or beyond their everyday. And I like to help them get in touch with their special magic. Yes. And you also do essential oil blends and flower essences as well. And we'll have the website and details at the end of the podcast and everything. But um, so, you know, this, this is the deep, deep. Um, so, uh, what insights have you been having recently or presently? Well, you know, like, you know, I like to go deep. I'm not afraid. <laughs> but mm -hmm. people are, get, are needing to go deep, too. And it, it's always been a need, but more people are realizing the fact that, hey, you know, you can't have a spiritual path that has you skate by looking deeply at yourself. And um, it's almost like my insight goes right along with the title of the podcast because... <laughs> You know, we're, we've all heard about shadow work, and it is just imperative for your spiritual path to go anywhere. And I've realized that one of my biggest insights, okay, so preface that with you hear people saying, oh, don't mix modalities or don't mix spiritual paths. And, and I couldn't disagree more with one caveat that I think um, is that some people, they jump from thing to thing without going deep, without doing the deep healing without looking at what's in the way, you know, uh, why aren't my manifestations manifesting? You know, why isn't my, um, why aren't my spells working? You know, it's because we have to go deep. We have to look at that stuff. And mm -hmm. um, I've coined the phrase, giving these different parts of ourselves um, different jobs within the psyche, hmm. because there's a lot of shame. And that's the thing. Our culture is essentially shame-based if you look at it. And we look at these, let's just call them shadow figures within, um, that, that get in the way. And um, like a personal story, okay? So I have this pissed off rebel, right? And she has um, every right to be. And I'm sure a lot yeah. of you can relate. <laughs> um, yes. And I've had to go in there and work with her so that she's not um, just this mountain of rage because <laughs> uh, that's a drain on the vital forces and how can she become you know 
essentially a heart warrior or um, mm -hmm. you know a sacred rebel or a rebel with the best cause that's not fueled by anger but it's fueled by something more you know mm -hmm. so that's just an example of uh, giving that uh, pissed off rebel or whatever you want to call her and, and giving her a different name and I've done that with other things too and that, that's one thing that I help people do with my archetypal embodiment workshops which um, you know that's essentially it's taking depth psychology elements the best thereof and weaving them in with spirituality because it's not as separate as we think it is and I'm not talking mm -hmm. about the psychology that says here take this pill and you'll be fine I'm talking about the exploration really truly your reaction like rebelling against that and reacting with anger against uh the predominant culture society who wants us to fit in the little boxes and not you know be ourselves and just be consumers basically i think that's completely natural and very valid mm -hmm. and i remember we've had conversations about this you were one of the first people who said yes you need to feel the anger before you let it go <laughs> remember a long time ago when you yeah. said that yeah Yes, and it's, and, it's really, uh, quite the journey to uh, go from knowing that intellectually and fully embodying the reality of it myself. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. it's not something we're taught, you know, and you yeah. can't really fully let it go without feeling it. That's as far as I'm taking it. So, yeah. And there are layers to mm -hmm. that, too. Mm -hmm. There's the outermost, like what you like immediately feel. And then there's like the feelings you were afraid to feel and, you know, everything else, like the shadow work, you know, like again with the layers, I'm going to just say like, it's like a flower that's ever blooming. You know, you always have to do the shadow work if you want the flower to bloom, right? The layers have to come out and be revealed so that you can actually have that healing process. Right. That's such a good point. Um, it, it is an ongoing thing and it's um, supposed to be done with like so much self-compassion and radical self-acceptance and not this judgment of, oh, I have these problems. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's always something that we go back to when it's time. But then at the same time, you hear about spiritual bypassing. Oh, I'm going to stay in the light. Some people have actually, <laughs> they find themselves staying in the dark a little too much, too. So you always yeah. want to find your, you know, your higher, true north guiding light. Mm -hmm your soul light and keep mm -hmm. going back to that and have that motivating your, your shadow work, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's all about being curious and having that dialogue with different parts of yourself, you know, without the mm -hmm. shaming, without the judging, you know, with um, just that, Hey, I love you. You did the best you could. I mean, look at that, what you went through. You're awesome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we are on the same page and I know we talk about this stuff sometimes too, uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't have that compassion or unconditional love for themselves and understanding and, you know, um, just reframing things as, you know, not beating yourself up, but telling yourself, like you said, I was doing the best that I could at that time with what I knew mm -hmm. um, and not blaming yourself. So I think that um, those um, those resentments can just calcify in our brains and we can go back to them. and. What I've been kind of feeling is that making our subconscious a safe place is mm -hmm. so important. And that's what shadow work does is like we dip our toes in the void for a little bit. And then we're like, okay, I survived that. I'm okay. Sometimes we take a bath. Sometimes we get dragged under. <laughs> but um, yeah, making our subconscious a safe place is so important because I think that's where we go when we dream. 
which is, you know, eight hours a night or so, that's where we go when we space out or dissociate. And that's like an underlying current in our lives at all times. Man, that's such a good point. And, and you know, you know what I would like to do? I would like to just give us, everybody listening, just a little bit of a how. How do you do this? What's she talking about? So <laughs> can we do this? Can we take three deep breaths, close our eyes, and just have the little self-intention to say, I'm going to go within. Don't let anybody bug you right now. You know, do this later if you have to. But what we're going to do is we're going to almost like we're looking in our own eyes. And we're going to go in to our own eyes. And then we're going to go down, way down, till you find that almost like a stone door. It's kind of hard to open, but you look behind you and maybe there's a helper or a guide and you get that door open. Okay, and then you go down the stairs. They're kind of dark. Oh, the guide has a torch. Imagine that. Thank you. She's guiding you through. And then you come to another door. And you creak this one open and you look around and you see a couple hints of gold, a couple hints of gold in the corners. And you pick those up and you put them in your pocket, put them in your bag. Those are your good parts you want to keep. You accidentally put those in the shadow realm because someone didn't prove. Get those back. Oh, look back there in the corner. Is that a cage? Is it a cage? She helps you or your guide, whoever she is, they are, gets that door open and it's all these little shadows of you and you both carry them up carry them up the stairs with love and you sit them in a grotto with the waterfall under the full moon you brush their hair you see if they want to talk you tell them it's okay you let them vent their emotions this is an ongoing process let them speak for a minute you know and then they sit there all morning until the dawn comes up and when the dawn comes up, they have a new job within your psyche. They're integrated. You've integrated shadow gold. You've reclaimed strengths. You've reframed traumas. Even if you don't know how, doing that with breath, with intention, it, it's, a, it's a guided, that's how you do it. It's like meditation plus. And, um, you know, that's as far as I can take it in this uh, you know, framework of here we are. But I just wanted to give you a taste of like just a personal exploration that might or might not help you. And I and I respect how different we all are. That's another big insight. You know, it's just saying, hey, you know, if that doesn't work for you, chuck it. And it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, yeah giving those fabulous. different parts a, a place to to have what whatever energy they have to give, let them give it, and and um, it won't look pretty at first, perhaps, but it gets like better every time. That's it's like iterations. So, yeah, I like that the <laughs> symbology of the gold underground. That mm -hmm. is amazing, and mining that gold for us, you know, because I feel like a lot of times we. Um, have our shinier bits, which is kind of what you were saying or alluding to. I um, don't remember the exact phrases, but like we have hidden those from expression because somebody told us that they were too, we were too much or too this or that or not enough like that. And we didn't fit in. And so that got hidden away within ourselves. Right. And, you know, a big part of what I do with people, both with my readings and my workshops, and then the optional oil I make based on that is all designed to help you reclaim that whatever it is, it's the sacred isness. 
You know, you're mm-hmm. not trying to, you don't have to fix anything. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to become anything. All you're doing is uncovering what's been covered up, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's like something that sometimes it can be like, wow, you know, I'm acceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Look. And not only <laughs> are you acceptable, but there's hidden gifts that start to come online the more you visit, you know, these first of all intentions with curiosity. And say, no, you can't have that. I already know all about that. It's like mm-hmm. almost like a course beginner's mind. But also with like a curiosity and excitement, what could happen if I, uh, you know, delve here? You know, it takes mm-hmm. a little bit of bravery, you know. And um, as you were talking about like things being calcified in the body brings up my next big insight. Mm-hmm. And that is that un- unhealed trauma, whether it's major or minor or what, it is stored in the body. And it, if I would have known that sooner, you know, I would have, it would have been very empowering. And there's lots of how to of getting that and getting to that. Um, but um, I always recommend The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, because, you know, I've had a lot of religious trauma and everything, as I'm sure a lot of us have. Um, and, you know, it's, there are certain ways of working with the vagus nerve that can help dislodge mm-hmm. that. And in my workshops, we use breath, we make sound, we do certain movements related to whatever archetypes come up that need to be balanced or outer archetypes that can balance you, whether they're in the form of a goddess and God or just your inner artist or whatever you want to call them, something comes forth, you know, and you can do that by yourself, but it, it takes some, uh, you know, willingness to experiment, you know, mm-hmm. but making the sounds, um, you know, people didn't just chant and sing like that for the heck of it. They did too, but there was also ways of moving energy, you know, and I know this yeah. is not exactly new uh, information, but doing it along with these other things at the same time, it can really move that stuff. You know, it's, it's pretty much if you use like the uh, making the sounds with visualization, energetic intention and certain mm-hmm. movements, um, if you've ever heard of myoclonic shaking, it's almost like when there's certain energy work or healing being done, the body will begin to involuntarily shake almost like from the place where you need it. Well, you can, you can bring that on. You can facilitate that. And so just like tuning into body wisdom, um, you know, a lot of us, we live from the throat up. If we're lucky, we live from the heart up. But there's always like some sort of cutoff line where we don't really involve our body in everything, you know, um, without making the intention to do so at some point. I mean, just like generally speaking within our society, we're in our heads, you know, and just by bringing that all online, you can start to trust your body wisdom. and It'll start to tell you where you want to move or where you Mm -hmm. want energies you just released. Um, it's it's kind of beyond words, but I've been able to get rid of shoulder pain by doing this. And it's um, not to suggest it's easy. It's like a path. It's like a practice, you know, pretty much. Yeah. And that's probably, you know, one of many things that can be used to get rid of shoulder pain. Uh, oh, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I find I feel like um, I used to be one of those people who lived in their heads, you know, and my body was uh, just carried me around. <laughs> but then uh I found that the more I was in my body, the more the wisdom started coming to me. And, you know, when I learned how to dance, when I learned it was okay to dance, you know, (laughs) and uh, even singing, like you're talking about the making those sounds that just come naturally to get it out of us. But even just singing a song for me, 
can put me so much more in my body. And I feel like my best times in my life, I danced, I sang, and I, I just felt more free. I just felt more in my body. And those insights came to me more naturally, I think, because, you know, I have, I have a theory that, you know, the body processes some of this magic. It, it is, you know, a magical experience. And mm -hmm to be fully embodied in our body, I think is a powerful thing too. You kind of alluded to the fact that like we're encouraged to, you know, dissociate from our power, dissociate from being in our bodies too. We're not encouraged to, to live in our power. So I, I, that's kind of like what's coming up for me just based on what you're hearing or what you're saying too. Yes, I mean, we have so much authentic power within and a lot of it's ancient wisdom, you know, but also, our consciousness is constantly evolving. And mm -hmm. so like when I was talking about getting rid of my shoulder pain, I was referring to shoulder pain that is strictly related to stored trauma, which can cause mm -hmm. chronic pain. You know, yeah. I'm not talking about you got hit by a bus. It might help give it a try. But generally speaking, I'm talking about energies that have become stuck. And mm -hmm. they, um, you know, there's a reclaiming that happens when we release that. It's almost like we're um, removing big rocks from a beautiful stream that just wants to flow. And so that's mm -hmm. like an image that I like to use. You know, it's just like taking detritus out of this beautiful flow that is you. That's who you are. And it's there's certain things that you came here to do. And, um, you know, look at your North Node. And that might give you some clues. Like, for example, <laughs> mine is... Aquarius. And so, you know, I have to embrace the fact that, hey, I might have to be sticking my neck out and being like the pioneering weird one in certain ways. <laughs> um, and it has inspired others, they've told me, and, it, and it's, yeah. it's great. But I can't, um, just personally speaking, yeah, I can't hide that under a bushel anymore. There just comes a point in life where it's mm -hmm. painful to hold your soul mm -hmm. back. And I think that's what we're trained to do. I mean, we're there's like the mm -hmm. subtle you're supposed to be happy all the time. If you're not happy, something's wrong. Now, there's a difference between, you know, um, being chronically feeling terrible and just, you know, feeling the ups and downs of life because life is mm -hmm. a cycle and we're not taught to ride that wheel with bravery mm -hmm. and courage and consciousness and flexibility and adaptability. And it's like, hey, you know, my husband likes to say, well, when things look dark and I'm in like a dark hormonal place, he's like, this is the down going before the upcoming. I'm like, okay, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so like mm -hmm. some little things like that can help us, you know, click back into that awareness and, um, you know, just also knowing that it's okay for us to not always be on the ball, just like yeah. being nice to ourselves in our inner realm. How's your self-talk lately? You know, mm -hmm. just the kind of things that I've noticed, that's what's in the way of people being better, you know, at whatever they do, frankly, especially, you know, manifesting and spell work and stuff like that. Those are the kinds of things um, that affect how we feel, you know, whether or not we deserve things. And it's unconscious. Yeah, we also go through, like you said, the ups and downs. I think that we go through that with the flow of magic, too. I don't think that our... Uh, manifestation power, magical powers are always going to be at a certain constant level or at a linear upgrade. <laughs> um, we're going to, it's going to reflect ourselves and our moods and how much we're putting the work in and uh, all the work too. So um, one thing that I don't think we've talked about on the phone, because we talk on the phone sometimes, but um, that's where like where some of this idea came about. <laughs> but um 
I wanted to share this because it's so powerful. I was reading this book by Ash McKernan about weird, the weird ways, you know, the Norse weird. Um, and it's basically like it, the Aquarius rising is, is making me think of some of that. <clears throat> but um, he uh, brings up in his book the, the thought about like there's this gestalt uh, concept where that's, you know, there are parts of ourselves that make up a whole and there are, we um, emphasize certain parts of ourselves. So, you know, I kind of envision this as like a circle with pins sticking out of it you know, or, you know, that like hands, you think that pin, you put your hands in and it makes an impression of a hand okay. or something like that. Sure. So there's parts of ourselves that are like upstanding and then they're reaching the light of consciousness and we're aware of them we express them but then there are other parts of us that aren't fully conscious but they're still parts of ourselves and uh, we don't maybe even know how to express them or maybe we're not even conscious of them um, maybe it's a blind spot maybe it's intentional and then there are other parts where that we're afraid to express them you know we're we're they're they're not being expressed because we don't feel like we can be the gestalt of ourselves and then so that's one theory of it that he brought up and then i kind of feel like um looking into the gestalt kind of concepts and philosophies there was also this concept of like if you express yourself at one point in time and you are shamed for it then you kind of like have this open gestalt that was never closed mm -hmm. and you um they, they use the term open and closed like closed is like healed but open is like i'm still processing it even if it's on a, a subconscious level so i think that a lot of the imposter syndrome that is going around a lot of people in the communities that we have is because you know we have these open gestalts and we haven't fully healed them or integrated these experiences through shadow work you know as you're talking about holding that part of ourselves giving it a voice giving it a feeling or a shape or a color or a smell or whatever um just going into that and exploring it and then giving it a life and um then putting it either putting it to rest or just putting it to rest for now and then knowing that you know this could be a power for yourself later this could be an integration so now you feel more like oh now i know why i was afraid to get on the stage and perform or act or something like that it was because i was shut down as a child by somebody who told me that you know you know stop dancing on the floor you're going to make a mess or something yeah. you know just little things like that yeah, you're too much you know, this is shiny <laughs> yeah <laughs> or you know i love that song where it's like i won't let you push me out i'm gonna let it shine <laughs> you know i think that's like tied in with churchy stuff ironically sometimes did you ever learn that in church this little light of mine yeah I, I was thinking it like it. no yeah exactly <laughs> that's, that's what this is all about isn't it but they don't, i don't know i didn't really feel like they were thinking of it very deeply <laughs> yeah yeah i went to a christian church for about three years when i was a very very little kid uh, and then i went to the unitarian new age church until i was a teenager and then i met you and some of our other friends and we were like let's just have magical potlucks once a week yeah. <laughs> and yeah it was amazing uh because it, it really took the place i was in this like really supportive 
new age youth group and um we were using the terms like you know mother father god and uh just we had meditations i was like the spiritual officer and <laughs> i would write meditations for everyone every week and uh yeah we would have heart talks it was very enlightening and supportive to have as a child you know but um and then we you know in our friendship i feel like you know we supported each other in that way too so i'm i feel lucky to have you have had you <laughs> as a friend for, especially for so long yeah that's uh you know so mutual i remember like pretty much when we first met it was like hey you know it's just we like <laughs> up wherever we left off which yeah you know, we have ideas of where that was but it's so beautiful to hear of just um you know that that supportive place and what that can do you know in fostering mm -hmm. um you know the part of you that is mystical you know the part of you that no, already knew how to do these meditations things so that's really beautiful and i'm um yeah i bet that was quite a uh, juxtaposition to the christian church which you know i know all about that <laughs> indeed yeah so that's that's um you have some background with that in your family as well yeah and what you were saying about um you know if you're shamed for something it's going to be shut down and it's like wow so it's one thing to not be encouraged in your talents that's kind of normal. Um, it's quite a, another thing to be actively discouraged in any self-expression. So I'm going to okay. pat myself on the back to go ahead with, um, you know, going ahead and knowing when I was younger to get that uh, take no shit, you know, whatever she was, rebel online because she mm -hmm. helped me. But she's no longer helpful now. She would be maladaptive. So if anyone else is having those sorts of, you know, experiences where it's like, well, hey, I had to do that for it to, to stand up for so-and-so. And you absolutely did, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm all about not making ourselves wrong and owning our readiness, you know. Mm -hmm. You can't just... Um, expect yourself to be ready to reclaim it all. It is a gentle process, like an unfolding, like a flower, like, like Estrella said, you know, it is um, just totally owning with complete acceptance where you are at on the path, because there's a lot of, you know, factions that will shame any expression that isn't, um, you know, toe in the line. We all know that this is no one-on-one -on -one podcast, you know, we're going deep here. <laughs> So it's it's um, talking about another word, acceptance. Now, this word used to make me mad. Ooh, why should I accept what was done to me? You know, F them. I'm, why should I accept that? You know, um, or being told to forgive mm -hmm. them right away. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So I don't believe in forcing victims to immediately uh, forgive their perpetrators. I do not believe right. that. It is toxic. I don't and, either. and yes, capital S, shame. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now getting to the point of acceptance and let it be a process. <laughs> it's pretty much when you stop doing what I used to do, which is go back in time and wish that this was different and go, oh, this shouldn't have been that way. Go back in time and change that. That is another drain on your vital forces because mm -hmm. even if you intellectually say, hey, that made me who I am, that showed me how not to be. Having it intellectually and embodying it as a reality, again, are often divorced from one another. So it's like acceptance is an empowered way of dealing with what is, you mm -hmm. know? It's accepting that that's what it is. You stop with the fighting to change something that you can't. And I'm only talking about things that you, it's already done. You know, so acceptance is freeing up your vital forces to deal with what is in an empowered way. And because I think 
acceptance is equated with condoning. And sometimes it is that, but that's not what I'm talking about here. You know, it's yeah. like saying, okay, I'm going to claim my gifts from this. I'm going to keep the wisdom and leave the rest. And that's often a process too. So we're processing up in here. Yeah. So I can't remember um, who said this, but a long time ago, several years ago, I thought it was me, but I don't, I don't know. It may not have been, but like, um, <laughs> you know, minds get fuzzy, but um, uh, one of us had this realization that like, we're not like them. And because we're not like those judgmental a-holes who are just uh, mean and want to suppress everything that we are actually free, even though we had an experience with them where they tried to suppress that and they may have succeeded for a while. Um, hopefully not. But um, yeah, the fact that we're not like them mm -hmm. is so liberating. Yeah. And, you know, I've had to come to the realization that I came there to that family to stir stuff up. And I've already been told sweetly that I've had an effect on uh, um, my nieces and how they're raised. You know, they're not in that and they're empowered. They speak different languages. They're allowed to be themselves. They're artists and they're beautiful. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's sad to say, but sometimes jealousy weaves its way in in the family structures, you know, mm -hmm. and it's very complicated because we get um, we get it mixed up with love when someone tells us not to do that, you know, you know, un unconscious ways. But yeah, um, it only worked yeah. for so long that discouragement. It only goes so far, and eventually the soul expression comes forth, you know. And uh, let's just put it this way: by the time I was ten, I had stopped drinking the Kool Aid. That's for sure. <laughs> so I really tried. I mean, I had my yeah. little white shawl, my little Bible, my little patent leather shoes, and white tights, but um, I detailed this in an essay that I wrote called um, Goodbye Jesus, I've Gone Home. I mean, it's in the book, Goodbye Jesus, I've Gone Home to Mother by Oberon Zell. And my essay is titled, The Devil's Got You, Little Girl, right? And that's what they said to you. Yeah, and because I like one thing, I looked the part, but I always had, I had these big mountainous ponytails. And I just, you know, I've always been about hair, you know, it's just whatever, I like it. I'm not saying everybody should, but the church ladies felt the need to have my hair cut off, you know? And, and so like I had this stupid mushroom head and that's when, you know, just little things like that. And like laughing in the hallway, not even doing anything. And that a preacher would come up and say, the devil's got you little girl and telling the mother not to let the daughter play with me. I was like, what did they see? You know, what did they see? They knew before me that I was a heretic up in here. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's so inappropriate for an adult to say that just based on a child laughing. It's, it's so wrong that what you had to endure. And I'm sure a lot of people can empathize with that. I hear a lot of stories about people getting over their religious trauma. So I'm, I'm really happy we're talking about this because it is so relatable. It's something that I think we're going to have even more of as people fall out of those Judeo-Christian religions and into just something more real, something that actually supports them. Right. And so I have a weird question for you. Um, you know, since I talked about, um, I was, I'd never thought about this, but um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to have that support group as a teenager. I was still hurting from society uh, not actively from my parents. I, I had an absent parent for a long time, but um, so it, it still took me years of processing on a nearly weekly level 
with a lot of other people to really know who I was, <laughs> to love myself, to accept myself. And, and now like my message is all about this, but um, I'm wondering, you know, like with that short amount of time that I was indoctrinated and had, you know, the healthier kind of uh, relationship building with myself and my subconscious, like, I'm wondering if you have thoughts about like, how long it takes to decompress from like a religious trauma setting? Well, um, the only true answer is it depends on the person and their uh, proclivities for self-exploration. And, um, you know, their proclivities to uh, catch the internalized self-shaming that can happen, you know, and um, most of us who are on a witchcraft mystical path, we're pretty ready to be ourselves more than the average person. And so um, what we tend to be dealing with are unconscious things. You know, a lot of people have to deal with conscious things. Oh, I don't want to do that with us, you know, loosely speaking, it tends to be more hidden. And so it's all about listening to triggers, of course. And what I just heard, I love this. Someone said, well, you're, you're listening for your triggers, but are you listening for your glimmers? And I was mm -hmm. like, glimmers. It's like that sometimes your daydreams and your fantasies, you know, can give clues to that, um, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I like to advise looking at those daydreams and fantasies and then turning those into the magical imagination, which our imagination is such an important thing. And we start to get clues of we know who we are. We really do. And we start to get clues um, on an inner level about how to bring that forth. You know, it's... Um, kind of like taking yourself by the hand with the best vibes that maybe you weren't given and just saying, you know, it's okay to do. What if I just like doing a little game with yourself? What if I told you you could do whatever you want and you have all the money? What would you do? I mean, that's a real clue about maybe where you have hidden talents, maybe where you have repressed pieces of yourself due to that shame, mm -hmm. you know? So um, it's it can only depend on you know the person's proclivities and abilities to look within you know it's, mm -hmm. it's work on a, on a certain level but it's also ex exploration and play on another level you know i'm never i'm all about both and consciousness wherever we can mm -hmm. you know yeah. um, just like how can i both see the good guidance that my family had and see where they were completely misguided themselves no matter their motivation you know, yeah. And this brings up another point that I've noticed. Okay. So yes, I will pick on my style of Christianity that I was grown with, grown up with. But of course, we know it's not all like that. You know, mm -hmm. um, like uh, look at Jesus. I'm not anti-Jesus. He was so cool. In fact, we talk. <laughs> he's like, Man, I'm, I'm like, I know, dude. Shh. I know. <laughs> but, uh, what I've come to see, and this is, you know, something that I would say we should all look out for, and that is fundamentalist thinking, okay? And that mm -hmm. is not a, a Christian thing. That I've seen it in Wiccan and pagan and witchcraft groups, where if you're not X, you can't be X. I find it, I think it's an evil. Fundamentalist thinking is an evil because... Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's also why so many people are anti, you know, witchcraft and pagan traditions. And I can see why. I mean, there's pros and cons. But in the end, if it's um, just watch out for that fundamentalism, y'all. That's that's yeah. all I say because it gets in the way and causes more shame. It doesn't have to be Christians doing that. It can be yeah. your, your circle. 
keep an eye out. So I love that we have different perspectives, but that means that you have a insight on that kind of thinking. So can you give us some more examples about that so people can know what to watch for, maybe like whom to avoid if they say something? Now, um, you know, this is, I've been many of these things, but if someone were to say, you can't possibly be Wiccan if you're not vegan, that's fundamentalist. Um, not that there's not a billion reasons why and all that, and I've done it and everything. Um, and if you're not part of a witchcraft tradition, you're not a real witch. Mm. If I you hear know that one a lot. You already know that. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, you can't look like a normal person. You have to look a certain way, or you have to look mm. different in the same way as everybody else. Those are all kinds of things way. that they get yucky. You can just feel the yeah. yucky vibe on it, you know? Like, what if you have to read this book or be a part of that tradition to be legitimate? And I mean, it's, and here's the thing. There's plenty, I'm not anti-tradition. There's plenty of good reasons why. And in following mm -hmm. the tradition, you see things from, you know, what they got. But never give everybody, never give them more power than they should have. You know, you're looking for guidance and inspiration and uh, maybe community or you know things like that but you're not looking for someone to tell you who to be i hope yeah because your power comes from within and exactly. i feel like if especially if there's some kind of shaming involved that is such a red flag uh oh you need to watch out for that they yes. it seems like a lot of people who are selling things are trying to sell through shame or through telling you you don't have it whatever you want you don't have it i can give it to you yeah, <laughs> that's the basics of the selling, right? Exactly. And I find that's very tacky. It's, it's very like um, it doesn't ring true to me either. And you know, it's it, we could spend a lot of time calling out all those people. We can also block them online <laughs> and not not deal with them. You know, zero out of ten. Do not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> right. Totally. And and you know, it's like helping to figure out what your soul was actually saying is such a good thing to uh, make sure that, you know, let's say if you're a parent or if you are a guidance counselor, anytime you can help a young person, you know, follow their soul, um, how we do that, well, that depends on the kid, but just having those intentions where, because we can keep on shaming, even as Judeo-Christian and other book religions fall away, you see it happening just because sometimes that's human nature if it's not, um, you know, shown a better way to be. You know, it's um, kind of like woven through how we do things because sometimes you have to utilize that, you know, because we have to all stop at red lights. We have to keep a kid from putting mm -hmm. a fork in an outlet, you know, those kinds of things. So yeah. then we come back to discernment. You know, it's mm -hmm. all about cultivating the discernment and trusting and believing in yourself and teaching young ones to trust and believe in themselves, you know, mm -hmm. and their self with a capital S doesn't run across the street in the middle of traffic. So that's what I'm talking about. You know, those high soul expressions that gift the world, they gift the collective, the more we allow our, um, you know, our uniqueness to be part of our guiding light. I mean, obviously we're going to be doing more of what we came here to do when we do that. So that's part of what I um, try to help people uncover, you know, when they're like with past life, the past life readings, like you had mentioned uh -huh. earlier, how sometimes uh, we get these things that that happened to us in our childhood and that caused 
this X. And sometimes we can't figure out a cause from our childhood, you know, or sometimes they tend to mm -hmm. repeat. And sometimes it's like past lives stuff, you know, um, like people not claiming talents and, you know, people being having their heart closed off and not loving because of past life things. And so when I do a past life reading, um, it's not just like a novelty. Hey, you were a princess. And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> not all of us are darling, but you know, um, some of us <laughs> are. And um, <laughs> it's just about getting more insight so that you can, again, go from soul, really. It's all about the yeah going deep to so that we can go higher. And I'm quoting someone else again when they said like the deeper the roots, the higher your branches. You know, so that's all a part mm -hmm. of what um, I see as super important in all sorts of mystical paths and just getting to know thyself. Yeah, yeah as the saying set on the oracle that Delphi says. <laughs> yeah, yes. I love that. I mean, it's such an ancient thing too. Um, so, to trust in your own authority, uh, and you know, if you feel comfortable trusting in somebody else, and you think that they have your highest good in mind, then that's great too. But um, you know, one of my messages is that you know, you are an authority figure as well. Check in with yourself. Does it feel okay with you? What does your intuition say? <laughs> but really, what does it say? You know, um, is it in, a, in agreement with it. And I just learned something because, um, you know, I, I read a lot. I learned that um, a lot of people, especially neurodivergent people like myself, I have ADHD, <clears throat> um, inattentive, and we, it takes us a while to process emotions. You know, we don't, something happens and we can have emotions about it like two days later or a week later, we might be feeling it at that time. Because we get confused a lot of the times just by what's happening. And, um, you know, I think people take advantage of that a lot of times, especially with, you know, people like us. And so the sooner that we can start that dialogue, that emotional processing and realize, like, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? Like, what do I need to do right now? And maybe just that's even just a cue, if you can relate to this, you know, to take breaks from situations where you're seeing some red flags and asking yourself is this a red flag is this something that i want to avoid am i feeling kind of like iffy you know paying attention to those feelings inside our body like you said like the the intuition the vagus nerve especially because mm -hmm. i feel like they have a lot of information for us if we can feel it and i think that we have to be in our bodies to feel it first of all and then we have to like be paying attention to that as well as being paying attention to what's going on outside of ourselves so it does get complicated and i don't think we can fault ourselves for missing out on that stuff but you know it's it's a whole process and uh, it's, it's important i think to process those emotions um, and and to strengthen that pathway of realization sooner rather than later so we can kind of move ahead and avoid some, you know, potential trauma between the time it happens and the time we actually start to process it. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's okay. Sometimes we actually don't know until we feel it as a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, we can do our best to, like, practice the pause and get in there, but we still have to feel mm -hmm what's there. It is complicated and, you know, not to complicate things further, but also in our bodies, we have to discern what's our inner wisdom and what is, you know, Aunt Betty's fear voice. So mm -hmm. getting to learn the differences between um, what something might feel iffy because you're afraid, um, 
you know, that could be just the right thing that you're supposed to do, but it could also be your intuition telling you this isn't right for you. And so learning that mm-hmm. discernment is also, you know, a journey unto itself because um, mm-hmm. the good news is the more you go in, um, the less that Aunt Betty's voices will come up. I promise you it's, it's like, um, <laughs> you know, cause I'll just go ahead and say, I have CPTSD, you know, and it's very mm-hmm. complex. It's not something where, oh, it's psychological. It's neurological, you know, it's from a formative level, you know, and I've, I'm at the mm-hmm. point where I'm um, knowing how to manage that in the most empowered way possible. And I understand it's really hard to get mental health care. So I would say if you, uh, wanted to at least look into something like that. The holistic psychologist is amazing. Um, And the crappy childhood fairy is amazing. Those are just two resources if, you know, this is ringing a bell for you and you can't afford, you know, the high cost of quality, you know, psychological, you know, exploration and care and stuff like that. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I always say, uh, look into all these things. Cause you know, some, there are certain, uh, things that don't really benefit from talk therapy. Some do. Mm-hmm. Um, like the things are in the body. That's why the more we can just get in there and not even get attached to the stories that may come up. Sometimes we're supposed to know what the story is of why, but sometimes it's just all about moving this energy. And, you know, and yeah. when you move the energy, you have to fill the vacuum. That's the step people don't talk about. When you release, you fill the vacuum with your stars, you know, your personal stars, mm-hmm. you know, you have them put that after you've released that has to come in or else it's going to come in um, according to the likely pattern. And sometimes it still will, but it's, you know, shifting and shifting and, um, you know, just playing with that. Just it's a mm-hmm. experiment with it's all beyond words, but make sure you refill after releasing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dump it out, fill it up yes. with intention. Exactly. <laughs> um, And you bring up a good point. Um, It's something that I talk about a lot. Um, You know, those neural pathways, they're connected to the emotional pathways as well. Uh, But, you know, doing the best that we can to um, be conscious of what's happening and then doing what we can to reroute. And I found that uh, breath therapy works really well. Um, Just using things to put yourself in the moment and not just like kind of like dissolve into that other state of mind so you can use essential oils you can use like you know touch therapy you can you know get in the bath if if that helps you be more awake alert uh actionable to what's happening so you can just kind of like make that shift and you know setting that intention i think is an important thing a lot of the you know intuitive witches i think out there are kind of like me and that we just float around and I think I floated around for a long time and um, it was when I started setting magical intentions that my life got turned out <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, instead of just life happening to me, I was like, Oh, magical baking. Yeah. Floating around, whatever. Um, I was like, no, this is what I want. This is how I want it to happen. This is how, you know, the steps I'm going to take to get there. This is what I'm going to do to um, prove it. You know, I'm going to, you know, X, Y, Z. And, um, that really helps a lot. And I think that's one of my biggest tips lately that a lot of people need to hear is set that effing intention. Mm. You know, do that magical ritual, you know, so you can actually have that change occur in your life. Oh my gosh, that's such a good point. And by the way, you're a badass and very amazing, <laughs> inspiring to me too. And, you know, gosh, 
it's so true ritual okay and if let's just say that you're not ready to do ritual which i'm sure you are if you're listening to this but tapping into a symbolic mindset you know that's how the uh you know what's the myth what are the underlying things going on in your perception you know and that's how a tarot practice can can be very you know helpful if those things speak to you now they're not supposed to, we're not all supposed to be the same we're not all supposed to be the same and if you can't if you don't tap into symbolism with tarot that's perfectly fine but there's some way that that things speak to you beyond the rational and that is your one of your keys to exploration because those messages can help it's like create the mandala of isness that is yourself with the capital s that wants to be manifested you know and we have all these latent things that are not manifested and the more we use ritual you know, do something magical. You know, if you're in a bad mood and you just uh, do some sort of magical practice, something tends to shift. You may not even feel it that day, but you will feel it. It's, um, you know, and it's a way of putting your intentions out there. Yeah, but it's like not in a passive way. It's it's yeah. um, psychoactive if you're doing it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think like you could attract stuff, but you could also um, be more active about it too and you know i think there there are a lot of people who do witchcraft in their minds or magic in their minds and they're like this is good enough and sometimes it is and sometimes that makes a big difference and sometimes you're not ready to actually do the actionable stuff but Mm -hmm. really i don't think it takes that much more energy or time to do the actions and to actually make the changes and i think it's uh, it really helps me with the physical stuff and being in my body because I am such an air sign, <laughs> you know, like whatever helps, right? Get me that hematite <laughs> quick, <laughs> bad. <laughs> uh, and then like, I also, maybe I'm just a Libra once again, but <laughs> I like having somebody else to talk to about this. And so like a lot of our conversations in the past have been like this, a lot like this. And I love that we're catching up now, you know, <laughs> with the, all of these other people invited. Um, so I think that having someone safe to bounce your ideas off of and, and stuff like that is, is so helpful to help you feel seen, feel, felt, heard, loved, accepted, you know, because we can't do it alone. None of us is a one person on an island. I hope not anyway. (laughs) Uh, We need somebody, you know, a close friend. And so, you know, forging those friendships, that also takes energy, whether it's an online friendship, you know, we see each other like once every few years or something nowadays, but we had those formative years together um, doing all that work and the magical things that we did together as well. I just really recommend that for people. Yes. Uh, you know, it's such a gift. Uh, there's a word like um, ahamkara, soul friend. I just love that, you know, and it is such a gift and it is kind of rare, but it can also, you know, uh, be cultivated, you know, like that shy person across the room. They want someone to talk to about their mystical <laughs> stuff. Let's say if you're in a certain thing and you know they're, they're sparkling. It's like, you know, we do need each other. Um, and if there isn't anyone, start with the, uh, start with your higher self and spirit guides. They'll kind of like start talking to them. It's a start. If you absolutely don't have anyone else to talk to, you know, and just like, um, like what you were saying about like doing magic in your head, I will, I do magic in my head, especially when, um, uh, I can't get to the other, but doing both, that's where it's at, you know, the both. Mm-hmm. 
again. But yes, fostering um, the place where you can be seen, the place where you can breathe, and like where you feel like you're met or understood, that is that is such a gift. And um, I think more people are realizing that they they don't want to just go out and have a glass of wine with the work friends. It's kind of like, if you're like me, it's like, yeah, it's sure fun sometimes. And then you feel like, man, I'm wasting my time. I got better things to do. And it's not coming mm -hmm. from robbery. You know, it's just coming from, there's only so much of me and I need to prioritize where I place my energy because my energy and my intention is like, I'm sure you've heard it before. That is currency. That is value. So, um, you know, start seeing where you place your energy, where you uh, put yourself and start really feeling, is this a resonant situation that I'm in? Or is this something that I can lovingly just say goodbye to, you know, and really do it. That is a big part of any sort of spiritual awakening. Yes, but also path because we have to uh, revisit that again sometimes, you know, um, just to make sure that where we are putting our energy is resonating with our soul goals or our soul essence or high spirit self, deep soul truths aligned, you know, it's, um, and there's one, one little thing that I do to listen. And that is I align myself with the core of the earth and the center of the sky. And then I flip them and flip them and switch them and switch them. And that's just something to play with. You may or may not get anything out of that, but it's so beyond words that that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think, we should have a whole session on like magical practices that we do that are unique to ourselves that we made up that are just so meaningful to us. <laughs> right. You know, well, well, I think, um, you know, we are recording this in September of 2023 and um, COVID is not raging as much as it's just kind of rumbling in some areas, some backgrounds and stuff like that. Not to say it's gone away, not to say that we shouldn't be careful if it comes up again and if we need to be careful because of autoimmune uh, factors or things like that. But um, I think for the most of uh, society, um, we've been forced to go back to quote unquote regular life. And however, um, I think that a lot of us haven't fully processed or healed from uh, COVID and every all those big changes that had to happen and I know for myself like I still haven't connected with some friends that I used to see uh, you know twice a month or something and I haven't seen them on purpose I ran into them on accident you know at certain events but um, you know our lives have just changed from that time it's, there's like a before during and now we're kind of like in the after so yeah just healing from the um trauma that COVID brought about and all those changes. And I know for me, like I have to, I've been getting back in touch with some of my friends that I haven't seen in a long time. And I'm going to bring some of them on the show too, including Marta uh, from the Run Fair. Um, just, you know, uh, this whole unprocessed trauma and some grief too about people who passed away during that time and what normal is supposed to look like, what safe really is, how do we feel safe? And, and you know, I, I feel like I've had some trauma about um, the political uprising too, even though it's, it, you know, you know, not really in, in the present moment uh, and we don't have to talk about politics necessarily, but 
um, you know, just knowing that things are going to come up in our lives. And once again, that we will have to do that shadow work again and again, but then also choose to reach out and stand in our light and receive love and be, give ourselves love as well. You know, those have just been the biggest insights um, for me lately. <clears throat> Going forward, you know, I know that I can set those magical intentions and um, do all that. And it, it is so empowering to just be a part of this life and to know that I have these choices. And even just to be talking about them with you yes. is such a privilege <laughs> and an honor, you know. <laughs> yes, and I, I feel the same way because, you know, what you were addressing is it's a collective trauma and we have those. And, you know, it's um, they they hit different groups differently, but we've all been through the ringer, you know, and um, yeah. um, best case scenario, we've been able to weave these into some sort of gift, which, you know, like um, some of us are way more fortunate than others regarding this whole thing. And it's all about just kind of like being gentle with ourselves again and with others, you know, and there's a lot of shooting that you hear and it's like, you again, some of it is beautiful guidance, and yes, you should. And and then some of it is just kind of like, you know, not really gonna apply to everyone, but you know when it does, you know, and it's just kind of like, how do we be with that collective trauma when we all have a different relative truth, you know, because we have like these this universal truth, you know, and we have our personal truth, like you know, I'm in the eastern time zone. They're, it's four o'clock to them, mm -hmm. whatever, that's fine. They're still true. But <laughs> then there's like a uh, relative truth. You know, it's like my friend's colorblind. And so he's not going to see something like that. Um, but it's all about looking at things more deeply. And when we go to process things, just see how many different perspectives we can try on because we can all get stuck in our own relative truth and our own personal truth. And the more we can look into universal truth when we're dealing with like differences and stuff, I don't mean to make it sound easy. I don't, but it's just a little thought experiment where it's like, you know, back to the whole, this is a blue dot hurtling through space and we're all on it. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe start to look and see, how the other person feels, you know, as well, you know, cause we've all got our things mm -hmm. and it's that compassion. Yeah. But not necessarily yeah. willy nilly, you know, blah, 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 compassion. That's not coming from anywhere real. We know what I'm talking about, you know, like, Oh, we're all one. But it's like, we are, <laughs> but you're not really, you know, we're still humans in our own containers. So it's all about the exploration of how do we live from, uh, there's going to be less and less separation as we go on, you know? So what are the new systems mm -hmm. and containers going to be for how we process life collectively and individually? It's, it's like exciting. And I like to think ahead. Sometimes I start seeing like little future lives and it's kind of interesting, you know, cause okay. I have seen that there will come a time when we're doing all this technology in a more enlightened way. I've seen that, <laughs> you know, that's good. That's really Cause <laughs> you know, we're so immature about this, you know, and still making messes and everything. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, has anyone ever come to you for a future life reading? Um, only, only my husband. <laughs> I haven't exactly advertised that yet. And I've, it's been happening, you know, just kind of like, because in that certain way, everything's like happening all at once, you know, we're here on this 
linear thing, but hardly anything is linear. Hardly anything is linear, you know, unless you're talking about building a bridge, which yes, make that linear. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, well, it's yeah, been so great talking great. with you. You too. I just, uh, I love all your insights and I love what you bring to the world. So um, could you please tell people like what your offerings are and how they can find you? Sure. Well, the best way to see what I'm on about is just look at my link tree, Tara with Tatiara. And that's my handle on all socials. And tarawithtatiara.com is my website. But you'll get a better idea of seeing what I have to offer by looking at the link tree. And um, um, you can easily schedule online appointments. And it has all my events. And I do tarot readings or past life readings. I have optional, um, optional flower essences and essential oils based on the energies that come up to help you do the checks and balances. And um, my readings are for empowerment. They're for empowerment. And um, I have um, personalized archetypal embodiment workshops, which that's a big whole subject. But uh, based on the energy shown in the reading, we go in with archetypal intention and basically do the going within. It's like a moving meditational shamanic journey is really what that is. But we can do it online. I, I have um, upcoming workshops as well. Um, where I have um, the same thing in a group and we co-create the container, which is really beautiful. And I'm offering a workshop called Navigating Your Personal Underworld with Hecate. And that's going to be local in Pittsburgh at uh, the Ceremonial Moon Studio. Um, <clears throat> that's going to be on October 14th. I have another personal workshop in November, and that's um, going to be... Um, Uniting your mystical selves through the archetypes of Isis and Aphrodite. So that's a whole lot of explaining to do. But um, at one point, Isis and Aphrodite were almost fused into one deity when Greek and Egyptian were commingling. So that's a little bit of food for thought on that. But yes, I um, love doing online readings with people because I get to control the energy and so do they. And here we are. And you know, it's mm -hmm. so easy to go in, though I love my personal, you know, events too, which I have quite a few of those coming up. So again, if you're local to Pittsburgh, there's all those chances to do something in person with me and then all the um, abilities of scheduling an online appointment as well, if this resonates with you and you're ready to go in the deep, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. ready to uncover that sparkle. Yeah. And I can say, um, you know, you've read from me before and your readings are very empowering. Uh, and when we've done the past life stuff together, too, it's been um, really insightful. It, it was I related to it immediately. Like I you brought me into this awareness of it because I think you have the power to do that um, where you were there. But I could kind of see things as well if I shut my eyes and just, you know, looked into it. Uh, and it was really a magical experience to, to have that with you as well. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, is there any like last nugget of wisdom you'd like to share with the listeners of the deep deep? Well, the, the most important thing is that the collective needs your personal soul song. So the sooner you can get to sing in that, the better off we'll all be. Perfect. I love it. Well, thanks again, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.